Thank you for listening to this message from Lifehouse Church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Turn to somebody, give them a high five, and tell them Merry Christmas. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Merry Christmas. I hope you've been telling everybody everywhere. We are celebrating the birth of Jesus. Um, man, celebrate Jesus anywhere you can. Amen? Everywhere you go, tell Yeah, the whole week, this week, just everywhere you go, tell somebody Merry Christmas. Tell them about Christ. Um, speak into their life. It's good to have you at Lifehouse. I love hearing all the buzz this morning. And um, we are getting close to Christmas. I can't believe it's one week away. Uh, it just seemed like it just jumped. I don't know. That's how it is sometimes when you get around this time of year. Uh, it just seems like weeks jump. But uh, today, today is the last in the series of One Big Happy Family. I hope you've enjoyed um, some of these messages as much as I've enjoyed preaching them about the family. And hopefully you've picked up some tidbits. I may know sometimes at church you get tidbits. Yeah, I always say, you know, you know, preaching and messages should be like an appetizer. Do you know that? The main meal should be when you're studying the Word of God by yourself, and you're, you're taking in and you're just breaking bread with God and, and taking in uh, bread. But when you come to church, it's like an appetizer. And an appetizer is good, but you can't live on it, right? You got to get, get the Word of God in the meal, and you got to get the appetizer. So hopefully you've got some appetizers out of this series, um, The One Big Happy Family. And I wanted to end it around Christmas time because there's been so much to talk about with families and so much happens with families around Christmas. And I'm not sure that if there's a better time to talk about family and some of the craziness of family than around Christmas time, right? Turn, turn to somebody and tell them I got a little crazy in my Christmas. Go ahead. I got a little crazy in my Christmas, all right? Hey, there's some craziness. Sometimes the holidays, sometimes Christmas time, Thanksgiving, all those holidays right in a row, they add to some of the craziness that goes on in families. It really does. You know, it's the overscheduling. It's the personality clashes that take place because we're in such close proximity, right, around the table. It could be current circumstances. It, it could be some bad family history mixed in with a little bit of all that, right? And you bring that all comes together in the same place, same space, same house, and same meal, and you can get a little bit of craziness going on. It, it can get a little wild. And, and sometimes there's some serious potential for some holiday outbursts. Amen? Come on, just agree with me. You know it's true, all right? There's, there can be some tension. There can be a little bit of a recipe for a little bit of crazy in our Christmas. And, and it seems like it shouldn't be a thing, but it is uh, sometimes around Christmas time. And, and I think I believe this. I think there was more tension and emotion maybe around that first Christmas, uh, around Christ's Christmas, of, uh, that very first time when Jesus came to this earth. I think there was maybe a little bit of craziness there, and we just don't want to think about that. Um, the thing is, we always get focused on the lights, right? We get focused on the angels and the shepherds, and, and we get focused on the part of the story in the Word of God that, that talks about that holy night, and we should. Um, that's an amazing moment when Jesus came to this earth, salvation came, and, and Jesus was born and, and starts the beginning of salvation for all of mankind. But sometimes we gloss over a little bit of the crazy that got up to that point in Scripture. And I kind of want to take you there this morning. Um, 
some of the what led up to that first Christmas might not seem so perfect, right? It wasn't all angels singing. It wasn't all um, uh, rejoicing. It wasn't all shepherds just going to find Jesus. Going up to that point. Matter of fact, if, if we had Joseph and Mary here this morning, if we could sit them down and interview them, wouldn't that be cool, right? If we could just sit them down and interview them, Jesus' parents, and talk to them a little bit about the craziness before Christmas, I think they'd have a couple things to say. Um, I really think they'd tell us some things. So uh, following God's plan for our own lives doesn't just happen in the perfect, because I know it's never perfect, right? Following God's plan is about following God during the crazy. So if you got your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to start off in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And, and it says this, and actually let me stop and pray over God's word before we read it. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, uh, we come to you today, I thank you for this time, for Christmas, and, and Lord God, this morning, um, God, as I talk about the crazy in Christmas sometimes, the crazy that can kind of get wrapped up in our family, God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, it is your word that comes in and, and speaks to us and gives us life and light. So Lord, I pray that that happens this morning, and God, as, uh, God, as I speak the last message in this series, um, Lord, before uh, Christmas Day and before Christmas comes, Lord, I pray that you'd move in our spirit and touch us and help us um, to hear and to see you in Jesus' name I pray this. And everybody said together, amen. amen, amen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and it says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to stop with one verse. And then I'll preach a little bit, and then I'll get to some more verses. We read this one scripture every Christmas, and a lot of times we'll read it with beautiful music playing, maybe candles are lit right on a, a, a candlelight service with a sense of awe and wonder about who Jesus is, and, and we kind of get that peace on earth and goodwill to all men, and we kind of get that warm, fuzzy feeling inside of us, but this verse has all kind of family crazy in it. I don't know if you realize it or not. It really does. This verse had all kind of potential for big emotional outbursts. This verse could, could, uh, could have been a, a time for all kinds of chaos because Mary is pregnant and it was not to her betrothed. It was not Joseph's child. They're together. They're committed to one another. But this child is not Joseph's, right? I think the sweet and fuzzy music just quit playing a second ago. Right? Uh, you know, and, and we're reading after the fact, and we're coming in, and we know the whole story. But it was probably a little more crazy in the moment. Because you got to understand something. Betrothed is not even the same as engaged. A lot of times when we're talking about Scripture, we're, when we hear betrothed, we think, oh, well, that's like being engaged. We think American, right? We're Americans. We think American. And in America, if you're going to get engaged, how that works is, you know, a boy meets a girl, and they go out, and they date for a while, and they go out on some dates, and, you know, it's all awkward at first, and they spend a little time, and they talk for hours on end. They go to dinner, and then they go to the movies, and they spend some more time together, and all of a sudden, somewhere along the way, after months and months of dating, they realize they're in love, and they declare their love for one another, and it goes on a little longer, and everybody sees it, and oohs and ahs and all those kind of things take place. And then all of a sudden, at some point, they realize, this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. This is the one. I know it, right? They talk with their girlfriends and, you know, relatives and the whole thing. This is the one. And, and the guy decides, you know, it's time. I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy a ring. So he works and works and works and saves his money up. He goes and buys a ring. He slips the ring. He, he, 
plans a special night, of course, right? It's got to be big, all right? He, gets a, he rents a plane. They were skywriting in the sky. Marry me, right? <laughs> plane out there buzzing around. They come up with some kind of crazy idea, you know, and, 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 they, and they get together, and he proposes. He gets down on one knee, slides the ring on her finger, and it's a promise, right? He's making a promise that one day, and we'll set a date, we're going to get married. It's going to happen. And when we look at this, we think, well, yeah, Mary and Joseph, they, you know, they were betrothed, they were engaged. No, it was much deeper than that. Betrothed was a whole nother level because you can break off an engagement. I know it's ugly, right? I know it's not good. I know there's a lot of emotional upheaval. I know rings get thrown. Maybe all kinds of things get thrown, right? You break off an engagement, there's a problem, right? People are frustrated, but there's not anything legal that's taking place there. Betrothed was a different thing. Well, back then, if you were betrothed, you were married. You were married. Jewish weddings in those days worked as follows. Once the marriage had been agreed upon by the parents of the bride and the bridegroom. Don't you like that they arranged marriages back then? How many parents are in favor of that? Come on, say amen. If you've got young children, you should be in favor of that, right? Uh, Once the marriage had been agreed upon between the parents of the bride and the bridegroom, uh, the bride price had to be paid to the bride's father. I've got two daughters. I'm all for that, all right? That would be cool, right? I want to marry your daughter. Give me money. All right, that would have been awesome. All right? Um, But this is how it worked. And once this happened, the bride and the bridegroom were deemed betrothed, i.e., legally married. So much so, the fact was that that the only way that that could be separated was by a formal divorce. It was legal. They were married. You can break off an an engagement. There's a lot of drama that goes on with that, but this was a whole other level. They were married, and once they were betrothed, this is how it worked. They were legally married, but they continued to live with their respective parents until the bridegroom completed a house for the bride. And how that normally worked was that that the bridegroom, um, once they were betrothed, he would go build a house and he would add on to his father's house. A lot of times he'd add three walls and a roof, and that was going to be their new home. And and they would live with their respective parents. They would not consummate the marriage. They would stay there. And once he completed that house, a lot of times could take up to an entire year. Once he completed that house, then he called for the bride. He would go get his bride. There would be a seven-day celebration that would take place, and that's when the couple would consummate the marriage. And then they would move into that new house that the husband built, that the, the groom built. That's how it worked. How many know betrothed? A lot different, right? That's a lot different than engaged. So Mary was pregnant. She's married to Joseph. They're betrothed. They're already married. They haven't consummated the marriage, but they're, they're already betrothed to each other. This was not a small thing. Joseph knew that, that this child was not his child because they had not yet consummated the marriage. This was a bad, this was stressful. This was rough. This was a little bit crazy, especially for back then because the way out of this was, was divorced. And you got to understand, in this particular circumstance, if they would have got a divorce, Mary, it would have been known that Mary was pregnant, and she would have been considered an adulterer. And back then, an adulterer could have actually, by the Mosaic law, she could have been stoned to death. Add to the drama. Add to the crazy. Wow. Amen. Christmas is getting real. Amen? And, and this, is, this is how it worked. And, and you got to picture Joseph. This had to be an emotional moment for Joseph. 
This had to be an emotional time when he finds out that his betrothed is pregnant. And this had to be hard for him to swallow, even though she said it was to the Holy Spirit. Could you imagine him sitting in his room thinking about this? What in the world is going on? You know, what's happening here? He probably had a thousand emotions going through his head. Now, let me reread that scripture again. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. You'll never read that the same, will you? Man. Some of you think you can't serve God because some of the crazy in your family, let me tell you, there was crazy in the first Christmas, all right? Welcome to the Jesus Club, all right? Let me read verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Joseph's wringing his hands. He's not sure what to do. He's frustrated. He loves Mary. He loves his betrothed. He, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't want to expose her because she could possibly be executed, you know, and especially if, you know, she's uh, saying how she got pregnant. She could be executed, and, and she, he doesn't want to do that, and he's trying to figure out what, and he doesn't want her to divorce her. So in his mind, he's thinking, I'll just privately put her away. Uh, we'll sneak her away somewhere, somewhere private so she can have the child, and, and nobody will know who she is. And all of this is going through his mind, but then in verse 20, it says this, but while he thought these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. How many, how many are glad when the angel of the Lord shows up, right? With a message saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, marry your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with the child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till he had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. While we don't know much about Joseph, as we study and read scripture, we do know this, that Joseph knew how to follow God in the middle of the crazy. He really did. He listened to God in the middle of the crazy. He didn't react. He didn't go nuts, right? He didn't shoot anyone. That's what everybody does these days, right? He didn't, do, he, he didn't, he didn't go just do his thing, right? We, we hear that too. I'm just going to go do my thing. He did the right thing. Joseph modeled some things in, in, in that first Christmas and, and all that took place in the crazy in that first Christmas. He modeled some things that we should practice in the middle of the crazy in our own families. And the first one is this, hear God in the middle of the crazy. Say it with me, hear God in the middle of the crazy. Everything within us wants to follow our flesh. Everything in us wants to follow our emotions. Everything in us wants to follow our self-preservation, right? When you get into crazy, everything in us, we, we want to grab a hold of anything that's going to make us safe, anything that's going to make us feel better, right? Anything that's going to help us just get through the madness is our first reaction. And, and I could probably see Joseph doing that at first. He was probably pacing. I don't know. The Word of God doesn't tell us. But he was probably pacing. He's probably coming up with ideas and scenarios in his head. That's where he came up with it, minded to privately put her away. And, and you know, he's trying to figure this whole thing out on his own. And do what's necessary to, you know, to reduce the pain, rational or irrational, right? To numb himself, maybe to, that's what we do, right? We get in this craziness, we want to numb ourselves. We go into fight or flight mode. 
We really do. We go into fight or flight when we get in the middle of crazy. You know, stress hormones are released in your body when you come up against something that's mentally or physically terrifies you in some way. If something mentally or physically terrifies you, you go into a fight or flight mode. And, and left to ourselves, when we get in the middle of the crazy, right, when, when the stress levels go up and, and something terrifies us with the outcome of whatever's in front of us, we start to rationalize all kind of crazy stuff. And that is the moment that we need to hear God. We need to hear him in the middle of crazy. Someone makes a nasty comment about us, Right? We get all fired up. We're ready to fight. Anybody ready to fight when you get a nasty comment made about you? Right? You start gritting your teeth. I know how you are. You start clenching. That's what Christians do. We grit our teeth and talk like this, you know? You say Christian cuss words, not real ones. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. You know, you get in fight or flight. We think a relationship's about ready to unravel. It's about ready to come unglued, right? We don't know whether to run or we, we don't know whether to fight or do something in between or do both. We need to hear from God, not fight or flight. We fear the future, what's coming up. We lose a job, right? We're, we're worried about the finances for some reason. Whatever it is, we start to get in fight or flight mode. And, 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 and anything that terrifies our mind that's out in front of us, and that's the moment you need to hear God. You need to hear Him. Not your emotions, not your thoughts, right? Not our reactions, but what is God saying in the middle of this? That's what Joseph did. But while he thought about these things, this is what happened to Joseph. Behold, now this was cool because God sent an angel. This was serious business. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, he, he went to sleep, Joseph, someday, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife, for that which is in her is conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. Do you realize in that moment, one dream, in a few moments with an angel speaking to him in a dream, all his fears were alleviated in one moment of time. One moment of hearing God, the course of his direction completely shifted. This storm that was going on in his soul suddenly calmed. Everything changed in one moment when he heard from God. He didn't even have the pressure of having to name the child. All right? He didn't have to pick a name out. The angel told him, name him Jesus. That's going to be his name. He had none of it. That's, that's how much God relieved just hearing from God in the middle of the crazy. He went from crazy and confused to confident and confirmed. He really did. He, it shifted. He went from out of his mind to back to his stable mind in a few moments because he heard from God. When we get in the middle of the crazy, we need to hear from God. We do everything but, right? We go, we, whatever your crazy is, some of you clean when you get, right? You get all stressed out, the house gets spick and span. You're just going nuts. You're just taking it out on the sweeper, right? Some dust rag somewhere, you're burning it up. <laughs> we do all kind of crazy stuff. That's how we self-medicate, right? You just go to work or whatever you got to do. We need to hear from God in the middle of crazy. And it's not the only thing that Joseph did. Joseph not only heard God, but he obeyed the Lord in the middle of the crazy. 
You, it, it takes more than just hearing what God's saying in the middle of the crazy. Uh, we got to do what God says, and we need to do it immediately. Say immediately. Follow immediately whatever God says. Don't, don't delay. Don't, don't get caught up in the, the analysis. How many of you are the analysis paralysis people, okay? You got to know all the scenario. You got to know how everything's going to come out. You got to figure it out 14 different ways. You got to write it on paper with color-coded pens, okay? <laughs> Just in case this took place, right? If God said it, and now th- this is key. If God said it, make sure God said it, right? Make sure it's not your head, somebody else's head, somebody else's voice you ringing in your ear. But if God said it, that's all you need. Do it. Don't analyze it. Don't delay. Don't ponder and pontificate upon it, all right? Just do it. Some of us get all messed up when God begins to speak because for some reason, God will speak something, we believe what he says, and all of a sudden we think, you know what, God, you need some help with the timing of this whole thing, right? Right? Well, I hear what you say, God, but let me work out the timing of all this deal. Do you know that God is quite capable of telling you to wait if he wants to? He can do that. If he speaks it to you, do it. Listen, when a commander gives, in the Army, the Navy, the Marines, the Air Force, when a commander gives a command to march, you know, there's not one guy that says, or one lady that says, either one, ah, do you want me to do that now? <laughs> right now? Five minutes? What do you want me? No, they move, right? When you get the orders, you move. Growing up as a kid, when my mom and dad gave me an order, I pretty much knew they meant now. They didn't say 10 minutes from now, take garbage out, when? Now, okay? They didn't even have to, they didn't even add on the now. It just said, take the garbage out. The now was, it it was implied. I knew, okay? They meant right now. Matter of fact, there was probably uh, consequences if now didn't happen. And and we, we, the same applies here. When God speaks something, unless he tells you to delay, unless he tells you to wait, don't wait. Step out and do it. Do what God said and do it now. And, and, and if you don't, if you don't do that, do you know what it's kind of like doing? It's kind of, it's kind of passively thumbing your nose at God. When God tells you to do something and you just decide, you know, I'm not sure I'm emotionally ready to do that right at this moment. Ooh, ouch, right? It's kind of like thumbing your nose at God. Thanks, God. I'll get to that. That's what we do. Let me reread the verse in 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Once the angel came to him in his sleep, he, he, he immediately, he got up from that sleep, he went and got his bride. He took his wife to himself. That's what the word of God says. And, and, and he never consummated the marriage. He listened to everything the angel said. He never questioned, and he named the baby Jesus, right? He did everything he was supposed to. He didn't wait. He moved on what God told him to do. Not moving when God speaks to us, it's really kind of telling God, I have no faith in what you just told me. I really don't have any faith in what you just said. I got to think about it for a little bit, right? And, and, and or I got a better plan. Uh, 
I just had this conversation the other night with someone, and, and I got talking about it, and, and for you, the, you, um, you that are out there or maybe listening online that are a little bit older, um, let me talk to you for just a second because this, this is a big thing. If you're my age or older, and I, I'm, in my, I'm in my 50s, I'll let it at that, okay? Um, if, if you're my age or older, you, we have this habit of falling back on our experience when somebody tells us something, right? You can tell us something, but we're really thinking something else because you told me to do this, but I'm like, eh, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, all right? Uh, I've seen this before. I've done this before. You know, uh, I kind of know how this is all going to work out. It, it, come on, right? If you're older, you know what I'm talking about. You, you're like, ah, I've been down this road. Man, I've seen this a hundred times, right? right? This is not my first. Thank you, right? Some of you are saying it, right? This is not my first rodeo. I've been there before. I've seen this before. Can I tell you something? That is a dangerous, dangerous place to be in the middle of crazy. It's a dangerous place to be. You think today, yesterday is not today. Say that. Yesterday is not today. It is not the same. You may think it, it may look the same. It may be similar in, in image, but it is not the same. And you need to hear from God. You need to know what God's saying. And if you keep slipping back into what you've always known and what you think you know and what you've always experienced and what you've seen before, amen? Sometimes this is why young people just rock it for God because they have no experience whatsoever, right? It's like, Jesus says it, I'm going to go do it. They don't even think about it because they have nothing to fall back on. We get all jammed up in our head because we've seen so many things. It'll kill you in the middle of crazy. You need to hear God and you need to move on what he says. You can chuck your experience, amen? For some of you, that's going to be tough. You can stuff that. God gives you some of those experiences and I know we can learn from them, but you cannot hang that on the, in, it, as a mode of operandi in the middle of crazy. You cannot do that. You got to stop. You got to hear God. You got to say, if you have to, say it to yourself. Yesterday is not today. Yesterday is not today. Say it to yourself three times. Make sure you get it, right? And then go to prayer and say, God, what do you want me to do today? What's this look like? It's a scripture. It's in the scripture. It's a pattern with Joseph. He hears and obeys God. Let me give you a last point. I'm going to do this to close. Constantly repeat the pattern of hearing God and obeying God in the middle of crazy because it might just save your life. Do you know that? When Jesus was about two years old, something crazy happens. Wise men show up at his house. They come to his house and they come there to worship him. Uh, these are magi, these are kings themselves, these are rulers themselves. They show up at Jesus' house when Jesus is about two years of age, and, and they, they knock on the door, and they come into the house, and they come in, and they worship Jesus, and they also bring very costly gifts, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the word, word of God tells us, and they leave them their gift, and, and their story is that they followed a star to get to Jesus. It's actually, they say, about 400 miles that the Magi traveled, and they're following an eastern star that's leading them to Jesus, but they make one stop along the way to talk to King Herod, who's in the area, and, and they asked Herod, where is this Jesus who's going to be the king of the Jews? Where's he at? And Herod says, I don't know, but when you find him, y'all want you to let me know so I can go back and worship him too. But Herod was lying, because lying, Herod didn't want another king to come in and play. He wanted to kill the next king. So, so the Magi, they, they go and they find Jesus. They follow the star. The star goes right to where Jesus is, is and they go and they, they worship him. They give him the gifts, and listen to what happens from there. 
It says this in Matthew 2, 7. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child, and when you find him, bring back word to me that I might come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Then they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house, and just told you this, right? They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now listen to what it says. They being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. They're here in God. They move immediately. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Then he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. You see it again with Joseph. Joseph, two years goes by, and they're living, right? They're living in Bethlehem, and, and the angel of the Lord comes to him again in a dream and says, leave now, go to Egypt. He gets up the next morning, gathers up his family, and heads to Egypt. What if he wouldn't have? Herod would have hunted them down. He'd have, came, he'd have killed the whole family to take out the next king of Israel, Amen? Hearing God and obeying God could save your life because he knows. You could do, or he could have just said, you know, this isn't my first rodeo. I think I'll just stay here for a while and think about this. You know, I got to sell the house. I got to sell the stuff in the house. I got all these things I got to get together. This is really inconvenient. I don't know if I really want to leave right now. Hmm. I'm going to ask if you'd stand. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and it's this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. We should probably make this a mantra for anybody that's 30 and older, honestly, right? Stop leaning on what you think. Stop, stop leaning on your own understanding of things. This family made it through the crazy, right? Jesus Savior, I know we, we, it all began at that nativity at when Jesus came to earth, but all this crazy took place before getting there, coming to that place. And because a man named Joseph heard God and obeyed him, Jesus came to this earth to be Savior and Lord. Amen? Amen. So I got to ask you the question. I'm going to just ask you to bow your heads just for a moment, and, and as you bow your heads, I just want you to ask yourself, are you hearing God in the middle of the crazy? Are you even seeking God in the middle of crazy? Are you looking for what Christ has to say to you, what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do in the middle of the crazy? Push your experience aside. Push everything you know aside. Are you hearing God's voice? And if you have heard God's voice, did you move on it? Did you move quickly? I mean, unless he told you to stand still, are you moving quickly to what he says and what he prompted you with? 
You need to remember in this story that if we don't hear and we don't obey, there could be big consequences. Their whole family could have lost their life. God knows. He sees all things. Holy Spirit knows what's out ahead of you. He knows what's behind you. He knows what's beside you. He knows what's happening underneath you. He knows what's taking place in your heart. He knows what's taking place in the hearts of everybody that's around you and it's involved in whatever you're involved in. He knows. And it's in the story. It's in the Christmas story. Do you hear? Do you hear what he's telling you? And will you obey it? Father, I come to you today. God, you know each one in the house. You know each one that's listening online. God, uh, I know this podcast goes into many places, many countries. God, you know where they're at right now. And God, I pray as we come into this Christmas week, Lord, as we come in to celebrate the first advent of Jesus Christ, Lord, as we come and, Lord, celebrate salvation coming to this earth, Lord, God, I pray right now, Lord, that we see, God, the example in his his earthly father, in, in Joseph. And Lord, that we're listening for your voice. And God, when you speak, we move. And Lord, we don't hesitate, we don't wait, but God, in faith, we step forward with whatever you laid on our hearts. And God, I pray right now, God, that for each one that's listening, just stir them. God, let this be a week of, uh, God, let it be a launch pad into the next year. God, let it be something, God, if you're speaking something to them and you, and they know, Lord, that you, they, God, they want, you want them to go do something. You want them to go say something. God, you want them to go experience something. God, whatever it is, they stop hesitating and they move in faith. God, they listen and they obey. God, that they might live. God, that things might be, God, that your plan might unfold in their life. And Lord, we just give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor this morning in Jesus' name. And amen and amen. For tuning in to this message from Lifehouse Church. We pray that you were impacted powerfully by this message. If you have been personally affected by our ministry and you would like to partner with us as we love God, love people every day, visit our website at www.lifehousecog.com.